0: Good afternoon, this is Bill Young, and welcome to Prayer and Lunch Podcast. Today we're doing episode number two for in the uh and number one for connecting the dots to heaven part one. Now, how I came up with this title, Connecting the Dots, for those who May not be aware of it. Uh, back in 9 11, uh, they stated, the commission stated that uh, the analysts did not collect, connect the dots. And of course, this is untrue. Now, uh, how do I notice? First, most of us probably wouldn't be surprised because. A lot of bad things have happened since then, you know, starting from Parkland to Las Vegas to Orlando. And authorities had uh, ideas about those individuals even before the incident happened. So that's also, in some respect, the same thing that happened in 9-11, prior to 9-11. Uh, at the time, I was a financial analyst uh, for the government agency, one of them. and. Um, I was working in a uh, drug-organized crime uh, area for that agency. And so it was a part of our job to uh, analyze the, uh, the, it's called the S.A.R.s, uh, Specific Activity Reports, S.A.R.s. And the reason why originally that uh, it started uh, with C.T.R.s, which we all kind of know more of, which is the 10000 limit, if you put more than $10,000 in cash, uh at your local bank you have to and other facilities like car dealerships uh also mandatory anything cash you have to do the ctr and to file one but for those sometimes they uh, to avoid the ctr they they file uh a bank files it's called a an sar and that's when they're suspicious about some kind of activity that's going on so it's kind of open to interpretation uh, of the banks. So uh, back then in uh, uh, the summer of 2001, uh, we were getting reports uh, from these banks on the SARs, from all, all, you name it, all over the the country. And uh, so every department would get these SARs, copies of them. From white collar to healthcare fraud, to uh, drug organized crime, all the different areas. And uh, so this one is called uh, electronic communications (EC). Uh, I could see the titles of who got these these uh, SARs and who was on the list, and uh, all those I uh, stated were on the list. But I noticed one group. Uh, our counterterrorism was not getting these, so i I went to uh my supervisor, and i you know i no- told him about what I noticed, and he said, "Well, go uh, over to uh uh the analyst on that side of the house <laughs> and uh which was kind of more of a challenge because you kind of they were like enclosed, so you had to knock on the door and they had to let you in." <laughs> because they were secretive compared to, I uh, guess, what we did. So I, uh, I showed this uh, analyst who worked for that department and uh, gave her examples and copies of these SARs and uh, how they could help them in any kind of uh, 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 criminal activity that was going on. And so she thought it was a good idea and that's something they should be doing. And just to let you know, now of course they they are doing it. It took a few years after nine eleven before they finally decided to go on board, and they said it was worth doing. So uh, she went to her supervisor, and at the time, I guess it was an acting supervisor, and he stated, "No, we cannot look at this. Act, look at this because basically, these people in the counterterrorism area, they had not." committed a crime yet and they were not well there's an they were committing uh, cr- uh, criminal activity because if you're planning to blow up uh, twin, uh, ten, twin powers you're definitely uh, doing criminal activity and uh, the souls of over 3,000 of those who died in 9-11 it was a horrible thing and believe me I cried about it I mean I prayed for those souls and I cried about it because um it could have been stopped, in my opinion. At the time, before they were, uh, before 9-11 occurred, they were actually uh, uh, living in, uh, down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This came out, of course, after the fact. And so they were making deposits in banks, you know, small amounts, maybe $2,000 cash, different times. So if someone was analyzing it and looking at them, and I mean, you had to communicate with the banks, of course. The banks would give you the SARS, and they would have caught those names before 9/11 occurred. So that's what the analysts felt that uh, 9/11 could have been avoided, to least to some extent, or to, it may have been stopped altogether. And so that's why by connecting the dots is an important thing. And just to let you know, this, the Allen's from the counterterrorism, and I, I wasn't working for them at the time, but we were connecting the dots. So after the fact, after 9-11, I, of course, went back to her, and she told me the story what happened. Uh, just didn't happen. But I tell you this, uh, when I was giving this and doing these reports, before I was about to go on vacation, this was in the summer of nine eleven. uh I knew, like a gut feeling, that it was important for me to show this information to this analyst. And uh, so God, believe it or not, people ask, but well, why would God allow all these things? Well, we all know free will, but God does try to stop it. And he gives you opportunities to stop it but they don't listen. People don't listen. That's the same thing that happened down here in Parkland. They knew about this guy. They knew he was he was crazy and even even in his uh, interview with the police after he was caught, you know, he said that it was uh, de- Satan and devil that did Now he either helped him or pushed him along, let's say that. So either he's just totally crazy, which that's a possibility, or really Satan is involved. So this is like, kind of like good versus evil. So you kind of have to understand that uh, um, uh, the devil doesn't want to hear this. Doesn't want to hear this. And matter of fact, this is the second time uh, for me doing the record, this recording. Because it's the first time, but somehow it didn't take. I saw 40 something minutes and then all of a sudden, when I thought it was sending it out, it said zero, zero. So hopefully this time it will work. And so it could have been just my fault. Let's put it that way. And, uh, so connecting the dots. Well, a few of the dots I I see is, um, uh, let me tell you a story about one, a good story first. I was having, uh, problems with work. This was after the 9-11 and even though what I did and I told, (laughs) you'd think uh, I I would be considered like the number one, uh, uh. Or number two analyst in the country, you know, if if they had listened to me, I could have stopped nine eleven. Or they didn't want me talking too much. So that's your interpretation, what you see. Anyway, um, so I was praying the rosary, and you know how we always get in trouble. This is we go, we turn to Mary, and her rosary. And uh, so the the first time I did it, uh, I I after our fathers. I had uh, my aunt, sister Mary, Teresa, who was a sister for over 50 years, maybe 60 years, for a long time. But I, you know, I loved her, but I really never took her seriously in her calling. I mean, she would give me rosary beads, picture cards, even a Bible that I didn't read until many years later after his, her death. And uh, so I had I, I, this rosary, I mentioned her name. And every hour, and I said, I hope you know, it's been 13 years since you passed that you're in heaven already. I figured she wasn't going to spend 13 years in purgatory because she was a good person and she was dedicated her whole life to our Lord Jesus Christ. And her name was uh, Sister Mary Teresa, just like Sister Mary Teresa of Calcutta. <laughs> just a little coincidence there, I had to throw in anyway. So, when you have those two names as you as you uh, as you pick your uh, your uh, the Saints and the Blessed Mother, you know, I think uh, those are two powerful names to, to be. So, anyway, I've, afterwards, I've, I was at home doing this rosary, and I felt this greatest love and joy. And my son was sitting across from me, and I just gave him a big hug and said, you know, that I loved him. And uh, so the next day, I happened to be at work. So I had to do it at lunchtime, and so I kind of went inside my car kind of snuck down so no one would see me pray the rosary. You know, I guess I was a little embarrassed. You know, I was going to tell people what I'm doing. So again, I did the same thing. And so after uh, every decade of the Our Father, I would mention uh, that I know uh, uh, my Aunt Sister Mary Teresa is in heaven now. Please help me in in this situation. And did that after every Our Father beat. So then again, uh, when the rosary was over, I, again, I felt this greatest love and joy, I mean great love. So when I went out of my car and going back to the office, people you know, coming out from work, going to their lunch or wherever they were going. And I, again, I felt this greatest love, but it was to everyone, people I didn't even know. People I may have liked, I didn't like. It was to everyone. So I, I say connecting the dots. Well, one of the dots, love thy neighbor. As herself, so that's certainly a dot to be connected. And about, uh, and I kind of forgot about it. And uh, about two, three months later, my sister Susie from New York uh, was visiting me, and I gave, and I told her about this story. And her eyes got really big. And she said to me, "Wow," she happened to 13 years earlier gone to. uh, my aunt's uh, funeral because I couldn't make it at the time because my wife was uh, expecting a baby. And she said the day of the funeral, she felt that same feeling. So Sister Mary Teresa Sister a rally. Basically, she, she skipped uh, Purgatory. The was a couple of days. She went to heaven pretty much right away. She's not a canonized saint, but she is a saint. Anyone in heaven is a saint. So that's important but what is more important what is heaven like this is the place we want to go we, we kind of have to know what we're like and you know what it is it's the greatest love and it's gonna surprise anyone and love thy neighbor love of everyone there in heaven you just, just don't love like oh I, I love you but no i don't like no it's no it's love of everyone love thy neighbor as yourself and that is what heaven is all about so if you don't want to do that, then uh, you're going to have a problem. You're not going to be going to heaven. So I, I think that's one dot <laughs> I connected personally. And then um, just recently, on that other side, the dark side, I was talking to someone about a dream they had. And they were on a Ferris wheel. And it was sitting in the middle of two individuals. Not alone. And it seemed like they she didn't know those individuals. And um, I don't know what was totally happening, but she felt these other individuals come and a tug on her legs and her feet, trying to push her out of that Ferris wheel. Now, we could speculate where she was going to go, but my speculation, well, this person's soul was hiding from... The devil's, Satan's, demons who are trying to bring her down to hell. Now, of course, I told her the, this person, and uh, she stated, "No, no, that's just your interpretation." But it's kind of an insight of what maybe hell would be like for some of us, and I hope none of us. But it's going to be really scary because you may have to be hiding from these these demons. It looks like. Uh, that the demons come trying to grab all those who did not go directly to hell, who belong there, because okay. definitely one time could take to heaven. I think heaven you're just kind of floating up, and uh, you know you're staying in heaven. You're not you're not fighting to not to go to heaven. But if you know and someone's fighting you to go down, you know you who, who's trying to get you, and, and where they're going to try to take you, you're going to fight as much as you can, and. Uh, It's not a good thing. I think it's scary. If I was this individual who had this dream, I would be praying the rosary every day day and uh, doing uh, divine mercy and doing whatever I could. Spend every day in church. (laughs) Every morning or every afternoon or any time. I would dedicate my whole life to this. Wait, I think that's what I'm trying to do now. But I didn't have this scary dream, thank God, because I would have had a heart attack and, and, and died from it because it was like, that was very scary. So now that we know a little bit what heaven and what to avoid in hell, let's try to connect a little more those dots. And uh, some of the things, of course, it's always conferences you could, we could go to, and we kind of like bypass it, like, oh, I don't have time. It's not important, but I learn a lot from these conferences. Uh, one of the gentlemen, a uh, Marian priest I've seen twice uh, in uh, Ave Maria University, and I look forward to go again this year, too. Last year he was there, uh, Father Chris Aguilar. And um, he's going to be doing for the Marians Divine Mercy. He's going to be doing the 33 Days in Mourning uh, Merciful Love, a retreat companion. And that's something I'm very excited about. He's also going to be doing, a, starting uh, in, uh, I guess, March 25th through April 28th, a weekly podcast. And I've been telling people, please do podcasts. Matter of fact, uh, the anchor asked you to uh, uh, record a, uh, why you should be doing a, a, a podcast. Why should everyone be doing a podcast? Because your personal experience is different than my personal experiences. And we, you could uh, talk to uh, get people... Who I don't even know, friends, family members of yours, co-workers, whoever I have no idea, I would never come in contact with them, but you do so that's why I suggest everyone do, it's it's, it's not a competition, it's not like, oh I'm doing better than you, I'm getting more listeners than you, no, it's like God came to save everyone, all the sinners in the world, and that's what we're going to be doing, praying for today in uh, Divine Mercy and the first uh, day one is all mankind, especially all sinners. And I think that's kind of like all of us. I know I am. I'm, I'm not free from it. It wasn't for the grace of God. I'd probably be like running around looking for a place to hide uh, from those demons. <laughs> not very funny. It'd be scary. Because once you go there, you know you're not coming back. That's a very scary feeling. So, uh, in this, this series, I want that's why I'm calling part one, in connecting the dots to heaven, uh, I want to uh, get different theologians, priests, like, like maybe Father Chris Aguilar or Father Michael Gately, who's coming down here February 8th, and he's going to be at uh, St. Vincent uh, Catholic Church in Delray Beach. It's about 40 minutes north of here. So anyone uh, in uh, South Florida, I recommend to go because you get a lot of insight. There's one book uh, I read or I'm in the process of reading and his, uh, got his DVDs. Uh, you did it to me, A Merciful Guide. And it's about mercy and what we could do. And we all think of, well, okay, we could do a, a tithing of uh, 10%, 5% to church, 5% to charities or so the A B C D drive, but it's more. God asks us more. He He stated when this this woman uh, they were in the temple was giving her last two pennies, two pence, and He stated she gave more, and she's gonna God is gonna appreciate more her than everyone else combined because those other ones gave it from their wealth, from the excess, but she gave it from the, the her her suffering. So then in, in this book, not a dot I learned is sacrificial giving uh father michael gailey states when he was a student uh they were giving up soda and then they put a little fund away but just think of it this way when i know when i uh, give something up for Lenten, hopefully we all do i never connected the dots of what you give up to the financial portion to be giving to the charity for the sacrificial portion for example, you know, I gave up, oh, some years past, I gave, gave up ice cream or candy. One year, I was on a cruise, a uh, 10-day cruise. So I gave up alcohol because that's flowing a lot. Imagine if I gave that, that's a lot of money too, by the way. I'm talking about $400 if you wanted the package of all you could drink. And uh, so I did not get the package and I did not drink alcohol. And But if I had known, I could have put that money... Away to the charity that would that could have been my uh, a b c d drive for the whole year <laughs> so that's uh, that's another dot that I personally have connected but again my connection is not gonna be your connection and uh so with the uh, uh hearts of fire uh please uh, you could call one eight hundred four six two seven four two six or you all hearts of fire dot org org backslash dms twenty nineteen and I believe a groups are going to be doing the thirty three days of uh, merciful love the packets and kits they're going to get twenty five percent off so you get a discount too and uh, Father Chris Agula will be doing a podcast from March twenty sixth to the twenty eighth and then live on uh, EWTN on Divine Mercy Sunday uh, they will recite our prayer on air live. So that's great. We want to definitely hear that and see that. So that's an extremely important day. So Divine Mercy Sunday, that connects not a dot <laughs> that we all need. Uh, so there's a lot of dots. I mean, I'm just going to confession, reconciliation. You know, we can make excuses. I mean, it's a time factor. I know a lot of churches, they may have it like once a week. At, uh, for a half hour, and you have to be working on doing something like that, you miss out for that week. So, uh, some other churches they have it more accessible. Uh, for example, before uh, weekend masses, Sunday masses, or Saturday uh, masses, and um, that gives me. I did that when I was a child growing up. They always before mass, they always would have conversion. but for some reason, uh, I guess they don't have enough priests or. A time factor that uh, it's it's not done. It's very rare that these uh, many parishes do that. So going to confession to me would be again another dot. So praying the uh chaplain of divine mercy the, and uh, doing the doing divine mercy novena is another dot, but not necessary for us. We can't always, you know, think about ourselves. We have to think about others, our family. Don't we want our family members, our spouses, our children, our friends, our co-workers, people we've met, people we don't even know yet? Because God t- didn't tell us, it's oh, one person. No, you need these people, you need that person. No, here's the goal to the world. And that's why I do the podcast, to be honest with you. It's not, it's not for me. I don't think uh, I've got any brownie points going to heaven for doing a podcast. Maybe you do. I don't know. that what the Lord has. But I know I am a servant of the Lord and uh, I need to be doing this. And all those who believe should also be doing it because, again, as I stated, they're going to reach people I, I don't even know. Family members, and relatives, and uh, co-workers, and people that just may meet in the street. You, you don't know. You bump into people all the time. I know, uh, uh, taking a cruise, remember I told you about the cruise that I gave up uh, alcohol. I think I was blessed by doing that. Uh, this one gentleman who, who took uh, was a taxi, he took me from the, the ship to church on a, a Sunday. And uh, he told me, it was Grenada, that was the island, and 90% of uh, the people on an island are Catholics. And so I asked him, was he Catholic? He said, yes. But he really didn't have time to go to church because he had to work. He was, you know, providing for his family, uh, uh, driving his taxi. So I I mentioned what I had. And uh, also I said, well, you know, here's a couple of rosaries. I get one for him and one for his wife. You know, maybe when you have a free moment to do a rosary. How important that was. He said he will. And uh, he actually waited for me uh, after mass, which was a great experience. I'll, I'll tell you guys. When you're on vacation, it's it's if you're missing out on mass, Sunday mass or any kind of mass, you're missing out big time because it you, it's a different experience. This was it was very interesting because, of course, it was regular mass like we always know, but their their choir was a little different. <laughs> it was more like a you know I hate to say this more like a, a Protestant choir you know uh, they would sing.
1: The podcast you just
0: heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast?